Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and this episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like this week, 0.5 over Tom Brady interceptions. Plus 600 if he throws another pick six. That's right. You control Tom Brady and also win some money too as well. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always, always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a great sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, what do we got coming up on the pod today? It's week two. We got a very special guest on today's show, Alex Marinoni from the Believe in Giants podcast. So we're going to definitely be asking him some questions and get a feel for the New York Giants and what the Bears have uh, to look forward to going into week two. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm special, but definitely excited to be joining the show with you guys and, uh, and talk this matchup coming up. Hey, man, everyone that comes on this show is special. And we appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to uh, sit in here and do this with us. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm just glad football's back and we're rolling and, um, you know, tough loss for the Giants this week. So we all felt that one on this side, but um, but it's just great to see them back on the field. No fans, whatever. We're, we're good with it. Well, OK, well, speaking of that first that uh, week one matchup and the loss to the Steelers, go ahead. And for those of us Chicago Bears fans who may not have had the chance to watch that game on Monday night, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you saw uh, from the Giants and sort of break down that game overall? Overall, honestly, at least from the first half, I thought the Giants outplayed the Steelers. And I think what it turned into was um, the Steelers were just a great team and they capitalized the mistakes and the Giants weren't able to. And a prime example of that is the Giants punt on the first drive. They pick up a fumble on the punt from the one-yard line. They don't punch it in. And what do the Steelers do when uh, uh, Jones throws that interception? Three plays later, Schuster's in the end zone. You know, that's just the difference between great teams, even a team that was struggling. Ben, for that first half, up until that final drive of the first half, looked like 2019 Ben, where you're like, is this the end of Ben? And then all of a sudden, it just kind of, oh, there he is. And then the rest of the offense just kind of clicked and momentum switched. It flew into the second half. And uh, basically, all you really need to know about that game in the second half is that 15 carries, six yards for Saquon Barkley. And that's just about how it finished for the Giants. Everyone's talking about Saquon this week, but get back on some of the things that you seem to be encouraged by. You know, Daniel Jones, except for that mistake in the red zone, I think that was the first red zone interception he's had in his career, was able to make some plays here and there, seemed to play a pretty crisp game. Obviously, they got down from behind. You know, what did you like, to, what did you like from that offense, uh, offensive effort in week one? What I liked the most was the confidence. And honestly, they, they came on the field, and especially Daniel Jones' presence, it looked like he's the guy. And he kind of just kind of – it was the first time last year it was, let's see what the rookie can do. This year, up until those two interceptions, it was like he, he's, running this, he's running this offense, and this is a tough defense, arguably the best defense in football. And he came prepared, and he looked very confident. You take away those two interceptions, and they were really bad interceptions, and they were poor timing. It was a chance when the Giants could have really stepped on the uh, Steelers' throat early on and go up two scores, and then he throws that pick, and then that red zone one. That came after a 19-play drive. That lasted nine minutes, got down into the red zone. They owned that the start of the second half, and then they just threw it away with that. And that was ultimately the difference in the game. 
But if you take away those two plays, like I said, unfortunately, it was their huge plays. They looked very, very good. And they, they were able, Jones was able to mask a really bad rushing attack. Speaking of that rushing attack, you know, being an offensive lineman myself, uh, I can't, I can't uh, just ignore when a running back of Saquon Barkley's caliber has essentially a, a zero from the backfield. What was it? Six total yards rushing. So can you go ahead and, and, uh, and fill us all in what's going on with that offensive line? What's going on with the rushing game? I have to say, and this, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I honestly thought, oh, I mean, we're comparing the last about three years here. I thought the line played pretty well in the game. There just really wasn't much they could do. Daniel Jones, for the most part, was had a clean pocket that whole game. And that's going up against Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. The issue that his three sacks in that game were coverage sacks, and he was holding on to the ball too long. Um, but for the running game purposes, you could tell the Steelers' game plan was we're taking the ball out of Barkley's hands. They loaded seven in the box, um, and I thought the Giants should have did a better job spreading them out and taking some shots deep because they never really made the Steelers' secondary feel uncomfortable. They never felt like they had to push back. Seven or eight guys were, were hovering around that box, and they were flying to the football. And, I mean, we're expecting Barkley to just kind of break one every play. We saw it his, rookie, his first two years. He just, you know, it might get stopped once in a while, but it's going to happen, and it just it just doesn't have the running room this time because they're forcing their teams are going to be inviting Daniel Jones to beat them with his arm. And they're just never going to give in to Barkley and it's not going to be, it's never going to change. So, um, and that's what we saw too from the Steelers. They're just too stout up front. They may not have gone to the quarterback, but they were too stout up front to uh, let Barkley do anything. And look, as Bears fans, Alex, you're not lulling us to sleep on Saquon Barkley. We are still highly <laughs> terrified him at all times. And I think, you know, one of our big things, and the big thing that everyone goes to first is you're going to have to stop Saquon. And like you said, that 19-play drive on offense, I was trying to do the math. I'm not a math wizard, but I was like, are 19-play offenses even possible in a 100-yard span? But, man, it did show that you guys were able to move the chains. Daniel Jones was able to make some good decisions. I want to ask you about your defense, though, a defense that, let's be honest, was not very good last year, oh, no. and a, a lot of teams were able to torch them on the regular. You know, for fantasy players, when teams would play the Giants, you'd circle that a little bit. But this year, you know, Blake Martinez is now, you know, kind of the captain in the middle there. You know, what did you see from that revamped defense? Honestly, I was very impressed. I was – they are heavily improved from last season, the last two seasons, I should say. Um, they don't really – other than bringing in Logan Ryan now and, like you said, Blake Martinez, they really have the big names over there. You could probably include Leonard Williams at this point, but those are uh, – this looks like a real defense now. I feel like last year in a game like this, those couple of turnovers and the way things were going, this could have easily been a 38, 42-point outburst from the Steelers. They held it in check, and honestly, it took until the very end, about the two or three drives left in the fourth quarter there before it finally got out of hand going up uh, the three scores. But it was – I thought they played very well. They kept themselves in the game. They kept Ben uncomfortable. They really did take away the running game. And then Snell came in and um, kind of exploited that in the second half. But overall, it was just one drive in the first half that really got beat on. And then the Steelers were able to just – our better team, they wore him down. But I thought they looked great on all three levels. So who do you like on that defense that's been this new addition and through week one uh, that has kind of shown up and maybe – you know, looking like the the new leader of this defense. Who's kind of the guy that has stood up and stood out? Yeah, I, I don't want to take it away from you and give you – I want to give you another guy, but Blake Martinez, I mean, he led the game uh, with 12 tackles, and he was just flying all over the field. Um, actually, I thought he was flying too much. That There were some times he actually got a little out of position and allowed Snell to kind of get some of those cutbacks. But um, but it was all – I mean, he was he just brought that different energy 
that they haven't had since really Landon Collins. And coming from a middle linebacker, it, it makes it a little bit, uh, a little more productive. And, um, but I think he's going to be that leader. And I think Logan Ryan's only been here a couple of weeks. I think he's going to be tremendous in the secondary for Julian Love, Jabril Peppers, James Bradbury, and everybody else there. Um, and I think after another week or two, he's going to start getting real snap counts. I think he was like around 25, 30 plays. He'll probably be out there about 90% of the time going forward. And I think those two are going to be guys, are the type of guys that uh, this Giants defense relies on. Well, hopefully it takes a few more weeks for Bears fans' sake for him to get it together. It's Bears-Giants <laughs> now, week two. You know, it sounds like, you know, from a Bears perspective, you know, you've been reading the national headlines. Like, like we're still floating on air just a little bit, still scratching <laughs> our head how we pulled off that win. So, we, you know, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves too as well. It seems like Giants fans are, let's just say, optimistic, maybe cautiously optimistic. What do you see about this uh, Giants-Bears matchup that you like from a Giants perspective? It's tough. I mean, the Bears were pretty impressive in that game. And honestly, what Trubisky did in the fourth quarter, I don't know. Uh, that was that was something that I don't think anyone – I'm still scratching my head through we three quarters. We can't tell going, you either. We can't tell you either. We're not sure yet either. We're still doing I'm, the work on it. I'm like, is this guy insane? Like, how many quarters do you need to see? Where's Folds? And then he puts together – I think I was actually reading today. It was like, like analytically, statistically – I'm not a big analytics guy, but like statistically it was like the most impressive fourth quarter – like in recent whatever memory, I was like, some say, but, listen, tales. listen, I'm all about facts. I'm all about get rid of them, but I'm also all about facts. But um, overall, though, I, I mean, there's really nothing that makes me feel comfortable. The Bears' defense is is it's is what it is. It's very good, and Khalil Mack scares me. And I know I'm going the wrong way, but scares me more so than uh, what I'm happy about. But I, the only thing that makes me encouraged is how well the defense has played, and Leonard Williams. And, um, and Dexter Lawrence, the way they were able to get into the backfield uh, last week, uh, putting a little pressure on Trubisky, is, I think that's going to be a big part of this game, and it's going to be a big determination on if Trubisky's going to be able to do what he did in the fourth quarter last week or we're going to see the first three. You know, we've, we've talked about several names over and over again. We've mentioned, you know, Saquon Barkley. We've mentioned Leonard Williams, Blake Martinez. Who do you think is going to be that player that – you know, when they do sell out and stop the run game or on the defensive side of the ball, who is that going to be that guy that's going to be the X factor, if you will, that's going to give the Giants an opportunity uh, to go into Soldier Field and win this game on Sunday? I think I'm thinking one, one guy on each side. On the offensive side, I'm thinking Darius Slayton. Uh, him and, um, and Jones have just had a great connection. And even in that game, six catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. In the end, those two have played probably the most snaps together considering Engram's injury last year and Shepard and Golden Tate. Uh, Tate's going to possibly be coming back from injury. Shepard and Engram, they still look like they're, they're not 100% even last week. Slayton was the go-to guy. He's going to have to be that guy. And if you're the Bears defense, you're probably going to be worried about Engram and Shepard a little bit. Like, that's going to be your key. So if Slayton can step up on the offensive side, um, especially if the, the running game suffers the way it did. Um, and then on the defensive side, I'm thinking Marcus Golden. I mean, this is a guy that came with double-digit sacks last year. A um, little controversy on the way they handled his contract this season, kind of a loophole and only having to pay him $3 million. A guy that definitely earns near double digits a year. Um, but this is a guy that's going to be earning a contract, and he was kind of quiet week one. That's a guy that's going to have to get after Trubisky. He's going to have to get after a really, really good rushing attack from the Bears last week. What's your take on, and maybe you could project a little bit forward, on what you've seen from Sterling Shepard so far? I mean, this is a guy who is incredibly talented. We've all had him on our fantasy team, and yet has a hard time staying on the field. He's healthy right now. To you, does he look like the Sterling Shepard of old, and it's only a matter of time? Is he still being eased in a little bit? You know, how, would you, 
How would you? Uh, what's your take on Sterling Shepard right now? The way it looked last week, um, they got to him. They gave it to him early. He got that first that first line across the middle, and then after that, it was kind of he looked more of like a possessive possession guy rather than a guy that could try to stretch the field. He isn't look, he's not that big intimidating force, but he has the speed and that type of separation where you can take a shot once in a while. And they, they didn't try that week one. Now, again, it's a really tough defense to try that against, but I, as of just going by week one and not having a preseason, he just doesn't look like the Sterling Shepard that we're used to, but he, he is healthy. And that is what's been going on around the team and what's going on around, you know, rumors around. So if that's the case, at some point you got to expect that he's going to play a bigger role but right now it just looks like Jones just has that connection with Slayton. And when it comes to the big plays and the third down plays, it seems to be Slayton or even Ingram. Ingram got a couple of third downs too. Shepard was a little quiet last week. How long until Evan Ingram gets hurt? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Not to be mean, but you know it's true. Uh, listen, listen I, you can, I could say the same thing about Shepard too, man. And I, I just hope it's not a concussion for that guy. But Angram, man, I, if he gets through week four and he's playing every snap, I would be shocked. I'm 100%. Big reason why Toyalo and uh, Caden Smith are uh, getting the increased reps over there in, as the second team. Yeah, if he makes it to four games in a row, watch out Eli Manning's streak because he's coming for it. He's looking for it, and he's going to track it down. You know, in terms of the matchup on the Bears' side, you know, what – what particular matchup or player on the Bears scares you on the offensive side of the ball? You know, it just still sounds like the defense is trying to find their way. You know, who in that matchup do you think that they really need to bottle up in this, uh, in this week two game? I mean, I don't know if there's one player because I thought last week the Bears did a nice job spreading the ball around. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think Allen Robinson's a top five wide receiver and he just hasn't had the type of player, the type of quarterback to kind of, elevate that i mean that, that's going back through college too i mean this dude had to deal with christian hackenberg and then and he's the only reason why hackenberg was a first round you know look in my opinion and hey you know. alex would you mind would you mind telling that to our gm <laughs> can <laughs> listen, you fax I, that over to him maybe with some numbers let him know that can, uh, I, sort out that I, situation and listen it's an argument not even an argument it's just kind of a debate i have all the time everybody talks about the guys with the big numbers but i'm like man alan robertson is just still is like so productive with no offense, but like really nothing. I mean, and it's just not a potent intent. Uh, it wasn't a, a shot, but it's just, you know, you got to look at what you got. And Alan Robinson kind of, he makes people and, um, and he's a difference maker. Uh, but honestly, all around that entire offense, just the whole rushing attack. What did you guys, 150 yards last game or something around there? I just, that's, that makes it so tough because you don't know who's going to beat you. And I think Montgomery is very talented, but Cordell Patterson back there, I don't think it's enough credit for um, what he does in the backfield as just a pure running back, not just a special like gadget guy. It's funny. Cordero Patterson is quickly becoming this fan favorite of he only gets the ball so many times a game. And when he does, these amazing things are possible and can possibly happen. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to see him in that backfield, you know, hopefully maybe for four or five carries in the game. If the Giants are going to win this game in week two, you know, what is the one thing that you, you know, maybe you've already said it. You can say it again if you want to, but what is the one thing that these Giants need to do that you need to see that thinks it's going to give them a chance to win this week? In my opinion, I saw enough from the defense and I saw enough from the guys around on the offensive side of the ball, the skill guys, even up front, that they, they, can, they can handle their own. Daniel Jones needs to be consistent. And he has to learn that throwing the ball away or taking a sack is okay. You don't have to be superhero every time you take a snap and force the issue. Um, and I think what he needs to do is take, do a better job in zone defense. 
Um, when he plays man to man and you get you man to man, these giants receivers, they're very good. They're going to create separation and he's very good in the pocket, but you give him his own, you give him his own look and he tries to force the issue as you see these interceptions with TJ Watt. And then that one in the red zone, it just can't happen. And those are the things that have kind of plagued him. And honestly, something that doesn't get talked about, I don't know why they didn't review it, but he, maybe because the giants recovered it, but he fumbled on that when they recover, when they received the, uh, the fumble on the punt. A third down, he fumbled the football, and they didn't call that. So there would have been his fumble and his two picks that he was pretty much glued to last year, 30 turnovers last year. So don't turn the ball over, and I think they have a legitimate chance. Honestly, in my opinion, this game comes down to which quarterback messes up less. That's a great call. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. It's going to be one of my, my, Bears, my Bears keys of the game, my man. That's, that's a great call. <laughs> Let's go around the horn real quick. Alex, you're going to go first. Bears final, what's the final score? 24 to 20 is in my head, but I, I don't know which way. So because you guys got one last week and the Giants didn't, I'm going to flip it just for that sole reason. No other reason besides that. 24-20 Giants. Can't fall too behind the Washington football team. <laughs> no, we can't. Cameron, run we, away. you can break it right now. What, what do you got for final score? I'm, I'm riding hot, riding high, riding hot. I'm like in 27-21 Bears. Yeah, that is back-to-back 27-point performances. That is riding hot, my friend. Uh, Alex, man, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Before I get you out of here, Pete Alonzo, what happened this year? And they talk about a guy who's pressing. Man, what guy, happened? He, he can't hit 50 home runs in a 60-game season. Did someone tell him that? Uh, he's trying, though. He's going to keep swinging like he can, man. And I don't think someone forgot that he can swing the, and hit the ball to the right field, and it'll still go out. He's that strong. I think he forgot that as well. So hopefully he figures that out because, you know, the Mets actually have a pretty decent lineup if he can uh, figure that out. Yeah, some nice versatile pieces with the big boy right in the middle there. Uh, I didn't get any news on DeGrom today. Hopefully he's uh, okay or probably maybe we in shutdown mode for the rest of the season. Touchy subject, and uh, it's, it's one that's tough to talk about. Around this area, It's the uh, he's one of the few athletes that any side, Mets and Yankee fans, Jets and Giants, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to see anything happen to that guy. Uh, he sounds untradeable to me. The Cubs always always pine after him. That's one of our favorite text conversations. It's just trying to figure out the package that we could possibly get for DeGrom. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen. This was Believe in Bears. We were talking today to Believe in Giants. Alex Marinoni, thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. Thank you so much for promoting our pod in your last episode. Great job, man. Great talking to you. And, uh, you know, maybe not the best team will win, but hopefully we can both walk out of this, uh, friends, and we can talk again soon, man. Absolutely. I had a great time on here, man. I appreciate it, and I enjoy the show. Dude, thank you so much. Cameron, man, take us home on this pod. You guys have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast. For Joey Christopoulos, I'm Cameron Lee, and remember to bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.